0: You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Thank you so much for tuning in to Marketing News Canada. My name is Mackenzie and I will be hosting this episode. I am so excited to be joined here with Yasmin Abbasod. Um, Having been in the industry for over 10 years, Yasmin has become an expert in the field, especially when it comes to digital media. After A few years in print journalism, she began her journey in digital publishing and has learned to pivot through all the challenges, especially over the last few years. Uh, A proud daughter of hardworking immigrant parents, Yasmin has always tried to mentor and help those who want to write or become journalists. Besides mentoring, Yasmin uses her time outside of work to network with those in the industry. She's always happy to connect contacts and support local businesses, Her career so far has allowed her to interview everyone from celebrities to athletes and politicians. When she is not looking at SEO best practices, updates, or editing, Yasmin can be found at her fave spin studio and then brunching because life is about that kind of balance. I totally agree. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So if you don't mind, I'd love to get into your position you're at today and then kind of what led you there um from university to finding your path or even before that what started your passion for kind of where you are now and and what do you do day to day in your role now
1: yeah so i think that you touched a little bit on uh, my background so i do come from a mixed uh, race family and i was actually raised and, and born abroad. So I lived in many different cities before even the age of 10, including and not limited to Manila and Cairo. And because of that, I think I was exposed to a lot of storytelling in my background. And so I've loved writing since I was a child. English was my parents' common language. So I grew up speaking English and and writing English quite early on. And so that love of storytelling sort of led me through the path i went with in terms of university and studying i studied media and ended up going into journalism as well but i think that part of my path wasn't traditional in a sense i didn't my first job in the field was actually on an island south of south korea called jeju kind of like a tiny little dot on the map and uh, i started there at an english newspaper that was run by the university there. And like I said, totally traditional, very out there. Um, You know, I would obviously, I did not speak Korean, but I went to events with the others who do and had translators. And it was a very, it was a very interesting experience to kind of start journalism. It was print and also online. And I don't want to age myself, but this is a while ago. (laughs) So (laughs) we'll just leave it at that. And so when I came back to Canada, I ended up moving to Tofino for a couple of years and uh, worked there for a newspaper. And was also it was a print and it was um, it wasn't even a daily. And at the time, it was when traditional media was starting to pop articles online as well. So again, trying not to age myself here, but it was a little bit ago when you know, it wasn't heavily digital. You know, uh, from there, I moved to Vancouver, where I ended up uh, at an event and I met uh, two of the founders of uh, Daily Hive at the time called Vansity Buzz. Um, and yeah, that's really how I ended up in the field of, of digital uh, journalism. At the time, obviously, uh, it was very small, unknown blog. Well, it was known, but it wasn't like as big as it is today. And, um, you know, I really was so grateful to have grown with with the team there. It was a very small team to begin with just in Vancouver and ended up launching nationally in several cities. And I left at Daily Hive as a managing editor, currently working with Curiosity, taking the role as executive editor, really same sort of in, in terms of footsteps of helping a company grow within its team and like beyond. So.
0: That's so exciting and yeah to be a part of it's a long path. <laughs> Yeah, to be a part of a company like like your last job for such a, and oversee such growth. I can imagine that's amazing and and so exciting you're stepped into a new opportunity. So I love that. Being in the industry for so long and having such a a variety from where you were previously just writing at smaller dailies and then your expansive career in your last position and moving forward obviously, you've kind of stepped more into the the digital side of things. And that's a a notable change. Is there anything else that sticks out to you when you think about kind of where we're at today? And where you started? Like, what are the glaring differences? Yeah, well, I think part of my role
1: now, you know, I'd like to say I still write a lot. I mean, I write, but not a lot. Um, But because part of the role and the growth um, for someone like me is that we end up looking at the industry uh, differently. And it becomes more about strategy and, you know, trying to keep ahead of any trends and what does that look like. And our strategy in digital across the board really isn't just what is published editorially, you're looking at a video strategy, a social strategy, so all of that kind of really combines into what my role has become nowadays and how much it's changed. It's become a lot less about just the editorial side and a lot more about the whole overall look of what this, what, what this pub, what the publication's doing all across the board, not just on the, the website itself, but on its digital platforms and including social media.
0: I love it. I love it. Wow. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I was wondering in, in your position what that looks like. Are you writing a lot or, you know, are you just fielding through an inbox full of pitches? <laughs> and uh, I would love to dive into that being a public relations coordinator here. Um, what that looks like. Is that a huge part of your day? Are you going through pitches and what stands out to you? What are the huge no's? If that's a big part of kind of what you're doing? I'd love to talk, talk a bit about that. Yeah, of course, I think, um, in terms of PR,
1: like, that's a huge part of I could not have been where I am today without the PR side of, of, of digital media, in my opinion. The reason for that is when I so when we expanded initially, when I was a daily happening, we expanded, you know, part of that was uh, coming back to a city that I used to live in, that's uh, Toronto and starting new in a way it's it's already you know got all the out there you know people say like well there's that whole competition whether toronto or vancouver is less friendly so right (laughs) back here (laughs) moving back here as an adult like you know you think oh my god am i is this going to be the reality of my life again and you know i say that it's really been a big part of my life having pr because it was how i got reintroduced to the city I went out to events, I met people, and I'd say half of my close friends ended up becoming those I've met through PR. So I really love and respect what you do. I think that in terms of my inbox, there are good days and bad days, but I think everyone who knows me knows that I'm very particular about my inbox so I can't I I I'm a zero notifications kind of gal so I will always go through the emails and flag um anything that does need a response sooner than later but yeah you know what I will always say is that your emails are definitely read because I don't leave anything
2: (laughs) Yes. Okay. Uh,
1: (laughs) but in terms of also kind of sifting through and, and seeing you know what works and what doesn't I think that I've had the um, fortunate, you know, chance of communicating this with a lot of the PR that I dealt with over the years here. So uh, there's been a lot clearer image for them of what sort of what pitches to send in terms of questions that I get asked from PRs, is, um, you know, why did this pitch not work? Or, you know, why is this not mm-hmm. a fit for a story? And I, you know, it just goes back to like, really look at who you're pitching. And I think one of the things I've said before to someone recently is, how would that pitch look like, as a headline for the publication you're, you know, pitching to? So, you know, whether it's CBC, or or the Star, or the Vancouver Sun, I think everyone has a different tone. So what are you pitching? And how you can you see a headline suitable for that, for where you're pitching? So I think that has helped some um, in terms of really narrowing down my pictures also helps my inbox
0: so yes <laughs> that's so true especially with a publication I, I assume like curiosity so much so much of that clickable content like needs to be grabby and have a news value to your audience a lot of obviously city related stuff and up and coming and new and exciting so I can definitely, definitely see that. If there's not a certain air of excitingness or locality, it's a, it's a bit difficult. And I'm sure you definitely get some that get lost in there. That's just the amount of left field, uh, I can
2: imagine.
0: <laughs> For sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, what What's the biggest piece of advice you would give, um, kind of looking back at your career, give someone who's aspiring to have a career similar to yours, interested in in the media, writing, journalism, what's a little bit of advice you could embark on?
1: I think that my advice would be talk to everyone. It's also, someone asked me yesterday about this and, you know, a lot of where I've ended up was because I've talked to people or said yes to talking to people or like yes to conversations. The first job I got in, uh, on the island in Korea, like it was through someone who had heard that, someone with a journalism degree landed (laughs) and spoke English at the time. And, uh, you know, had I been like, no, I don't really want to meet this person or do this, that would have, again, potentially changed my career path. So, and then, you know, everything sort of following that as well. um, It's, it's through talking to people. Um, Like I said, I, I know a lot of people in, the PR industry as well here and a lot of them is also the same it was just because I chose to communicate and respond and I think that has been one of really my high like my highlights in my career is the connections I've made through every industry whether it's tech you know PR education uh, transit I mean, uh, hotels like it's just it's wow. endless amounts of people that um, I'm fortunate enough that I could feel like I could reach out to and ask a question and, and they would be able to answer. And it's all through saying yes to conversation and talking to people. I think we're so afraid because a lot of people just communicate via emails and online. I think we're a lot afraid of like just talking on the phone or obviously meeting in person yeah. wasn't possible for a few years, so understandable. But I do believe in the power of, of connection and, and, and talking to people. And I think that's going to always be my biggest advice.
0: Yes, I love it. Is that a natural part of who you are and your personality since day one? Or has that has this career kind of forced you to step out of your norms and get more comfortable with having those conversations?
1: Um, I think I'm fortunate enough to have it naturally. Uh, and the only reason I would think that is cause my sisters are very similar to me. So I think we all are grew up very outspoken and, and, and friendly in a good way <laughs> and, yes. and loud. And so it's, it's easy and it came natural for me. And I do know that, you know, for a fact that not a lot of people have that ability potentially to want to talk, uh, to others, a lot of people have hesitation um, in in terms of public speaking. And that's totally, you know, it is something that I've dealt with in terms of past team members or some of the younger writers that I would mentor, for example. And with that, I have pulled resources such as courses, um, anything that really would help them kind of like gain their voices and be able to speak easily and without hesitation. So I think everyone, you know, has their, their steps to take to get to a point where they're comfortable speaking. But I do encourage it. I think we always forget that at the end of the day, we all had to start somewhere. And I always think about that when people reach out, because I was fortunate enough to have people in my life to help when I had questions. So I love to hear from people that do have questions. And it happens, you know, like, I've only had LinkedIn for a year, which is kind of a joke on its own, because everyone's like, you're not on LinkedIn for like a full, like a long time. Yeah. And so when I finally got it, you know, I had the reach, like people reaching out, including people who have emailed me through work previously, who are looking to change careers, people who were just graduating, my former interns. So. It is a very, it's been a really good space for that or for that, like reaching out and communicating because that's what it's there for. So I don't think that like that initial reach out is is weird at all. You know, I would hope so. So I encourage anyone who is sort of looking into a path to try and reach out to someone because oftentimes you will get a response, especially from from those who are like willing to t- to talk to others about career paths.
0: Yeah, well, that's super encouraging. And I agree. I, it's really great to have a platform like LinkedIn, where you're not just sending a, an email that, that at the time, probably 10 years ago, maybe sounded a little, I don't, it would be very daunting to just, hey, can we go for coffee? I'd love to kind of discuss your path or stuff I can do to further this. And I feel like that's totally the use of LinkedIn and, and just being able to see someone's career path and what they went to school for. Like, that's what I love. Creeping on LinkedIn is a professional creeping. It's, I think, totally fine. I think it's, it's acceptable because it's, it's all there. I mean, it's
1: there, exactly. That's what it's there for and it was made for. Um, I think, people, you know, we have to have that stigma of like, oh, it's, it's like a Facebook. It's really not like a Facebook at all. It's completely different. And it does give you a, li- a little bit more of that platform to communicate and reach out to others in the industry.
0: Yes. And what does that look like for you? I know mentoring is a huge thing you do something you're passionate about and kind of how did that come to be and what does that look like for you? You know I think that this was it came kind of just
1: from becoming a team lead initially working with younger writers was really how it started and then uh, my younger sister is, is also a mentor in her field so I think that because we come from you know a background in which we didn't feel like we had a lot of people to look up to in our industries and fields. Like we really did want to sort of start and make it comfortable for anyone, not necessarily just here or someone, I don't know, going to school somewhere else that might have the questions on how to get into writing and, you know, how to start writing. It is universal, that kind of topic. So um, I just really do, there's something so, um, rewarding about seeing you know former interns or people I've kind of worked with in the past like loosely over a project or they wanted me to look over something and them getting full-time positions with respectable publications across the city honestly like I don't think anything else can describe how rewarding that is and again it just it's nothing to do with you know, I don't go out there and, and publicize this on a like a regular basis because it's not about that. I think it's 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 about the thank you messages that you get and realizing that you've really helped someone sort of really achieve what they're looking for, or or at least like get into and start the footsteps that they've been trying to start. And it, you know, it's it's always good to have someone on your side to help you kickstart your your own career.
0: Yeah, that's so huge and definitely something. I took away from university too is being being told that making connections and not being afraid to ask and seeing people in the positions that you want to work towards and especially in our field communications and kind of these types of people I feel more often than not we're going to be surprised with the people that are willing to have those conversations with us and genuinely do just want to help us out so that's really encouraging and I love to hear that that's something you love to do too because it's huge for, for anybody in, in this kind of work to benefit from that is, yeah, priceless knowledge. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. I would love to know. Obviously, it's been crazy times. I hate to even like go into that sentence with, uh, you know, the past few years, been truly unprecedented. But with that, your whole career, your past years what do you see going forward any huge trends you feel are on the cusp or any major changes that are looming around the corner for the digital marketing or media industry anything on that yeah I think like I said it's funny because like my job like our when you talk
1: about digital jobs now it's it, it is a lot of strategy um content planning social planning it's not just about words anymore. It's like images, videos, even podcasts. So I think that was like one of the biggest shifts in the industry recently, especially in terms of media. You have this that huge emphasis on social delivery. So it's using Instagram and Facebook and now over the last year TikTok to deliver new sound bites. And that's been a huge focus for like huge all of the big newspapers even you know the Washington Post TikTok guy is probably like the biggest example of, of what that looks like because he's done it so successfully that now he has a team of, of, of two others with him so I think that's been like the one of the biggest changes that I've seen is that really big shift into like really focusing on some of the digital platforms to um, share the content that said I think also looking into the future it's going to sort of be similar in which we're going to be looking at these social platforms that help deliver some of the content but i think it'll also uh they'll be you know you're seeing a, a rise of use of content creators online so content creators in terms of the delivery of uh the message or uh, you know the campaigns or the marketing campaigns advertising campaigns which also has been kind of already happening a little bit but you're i think that's going to be seen more and more um you know like Going into uh, any, like, if you look, you go to any restaurant opening. It's no longer about having a food critic. It's about having some of the food content creators from the lo- from the cities um, come out to these events to create digital content for it, and not necessarily a big written piece about it. So, um, I think that's definitely it's going to continue on that trajectory. In my humble opinion, <laughs> I don't want to call it root for everyone else. Yes. <laughs>
0: No, I would say uh, it's totally, totally fair. I, think I completely agree. Yeah, it's super evident, you know, even in in my time of just how effective and common influencers, content creators, the rise of TikTok. And it's like, the more these things prevail, these apps and these influencers, it's it becomes not an option to include it in your your marketing strategy. It's it's just the way it's going and the way the audience is receiving their information, right? So it's all about adapting, and I totally see that going forward as well. It's just going to become a, even, more, even more common going forward.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation
3: according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check.
0: maybe this doesn't uh, resonate or you don't have anything on this one, but are there any podcasts you're listening to or books you swear by that have kind of helped you get to where you are, keep you in the right headspace, or just helped you in any capacity? Um, not
1: related to sort of what I do. So because I think I was you know, when I was immersed in actual uh, daily news, it was, it was very consuming. So I would try to use podcasts and books to disconnect from what I do on the day to day so that there was a bit of that balance. So my favorite podcasts were never work
0: related, which is, you know, I think most. (laughs) Okay, that's okay. I'm I'm interested. (laughs) I think
1: most people would probably may, may say the same. But my favorite podcast from the start has been Modern love I started listening I only started listening to podcasts pretty late just like LinkedIn I was late to the game and so (laughs) I think I only started listening to podcasts about no actually it was like five years ago so it wasn't that long but um when I started it was very much um an escape for me and I found the New York Times column always like so such a beautiful escape and the stories were so well written and at the time, they were being read by different celebrities and uh, these essays. And I, I mean, I, I think that I would like to think that I thought it would improve my writing because they were so beautifully written and they were all like independently written. Right. So that's like been one of my favorites still is. You know, I, I was okay with the fact that it came out of the show. I'm not going to be upset about it. But the podcast, the, the podcast I always say.
0: I was going to ask.
1: <laughs> but the podcast... It just has a different feel. It's so good. And there's so many other episodes that are so well done, you know, that really shake you to the core as a listener. And I think that when I started writing a thousand years ago, I felt like, you know, what I wanted to do as a writer is to always like paint a beautiful picture for someone, obviously not news related, but like in terms of general stories. So with that, you know, I think I really appreciated how a lot of the modern love um, stories were written. On the other side, though, I also really like true crime, so (laughs) very different
0: (laughs) or kind of similar. Yes, (laughs) I'm with you. And yeah, it is so much about just having an escape, even if it's true crime. And I know sometimes zooming out and repeating back like what you're just listening to on a true crime podcast is kind of funny. It's like, how do we find that um, entertaining? It is. It's such a phenomenon. We are, we're infatuated with it. So I'm right with you on that. I guess, yeah, you do need a time to unplug and just enjoy content mindlessly washing the dishes or whatever you're doing, especially when you're in such a fast pace, always consuming the news as I can imagine you were. That is, that is huge. Did you, um, did you just make sure you were very present watching your local news stations, and did you have certain subscriptions to, like, I w- I'm always on the hunt for, like, a quick five-minute in the morning podcast that kind of gives me the biggest news stories of the day, or a website that, of course, there's all your local stations' websites, but um just kind of a more entertaining way and quick way, especially when you have so many things to do, to consume the the recent news and make sure you're in the loop. Um, but I don't know if there's a very effective way to do that. It's something I've just always been on the look for though. For a
1: year. I mean, it's tough. I, with me, with news, I think I, um, you know, it wasn't even about fine. Like it was, I, it was landing in my inbox half the time, you know, it was all the press conferences so we were really like always on the same level as, as the other news outlets uh, in the cities. But in terms of really a good like newsletter to digest other news, again, similar to my podcasting antics, which is like, oh, I'm not going to ever listen to a, a podcast that reminds me of my day job. Um, <laughs> I, I think the hustle is a really good one. It's really out there. It's funny. It pulls interesting stories really that no one asks. It really gives quick headlines that are witty. Um, a lot of it is relevant still to the time. So I've, I've really liked how they put their newsletter together as like a, a news source, but also again, not very like news heavy in terms of like what I dealt with uh, in the day to day.
0: Yes, yeah, so true. Newsletters are a great way to do that. And You can either click and consume it or, you know, skip it for the day if you have too much going on. It's really a nice way to kind of get some quick content. Yeah, and I think that
1: newsletters are going to be something else that's coming back. Again, don't quote me. But I do think that we are going to, you know, go back to that format um, just because it was, it is, like you said, it's, it's like, it's very personal. It's in your space. It's delivered right to you. So I think that, you know, while it may have potentially lost some of its appeal, maybe, maybe it didn't. But um, I think it is definitely something that will be a, a big sort of source of, of uh, readership again in the future.
0: I love it. You heard it here first. Oh my gosh. Again, don't quote that me. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: I'm just kidding. I love it. I'm either going to be a genius or completely like not working in terms of <laughs>
0: what I'm
1: predicting.
0: No, no, it's perfect. So obviously you are coming off of um, 10 years with another company and you're settling into a a similar type of role um, at a brand new company. What are you wanting to accomplish uh, personally like in your career? What are some are there any milestones you're wanting to hit or what drives you on the day to day kind of in striving towards something career wise? That's funny. You know, I, I ask
1: I ask that of, of my team sometimes,
0: like, what's inspiring you? What's
1: motivating you right now? Um, because I think that is a very important question that we don't ask ourselves frequently, um, because we do get consumed by our day to day and sort of just go about it without thinking about that, which is very important. I think that, you know, I have been so fortunate to have so many experiences in in terms of this industry this field really i feel like i've grown through it all from the beginning to like and you know it's still changing it's still growing i've always been sort of more behind the scenes and not really the forefront personalities to a lot of what we were doing or what i'm doing now i'm not sure if i would like i'll put myself out there too much but you know i think that you know, I, I do have a lot of stories about people that I've met through the years, people that we've I've interviewed through the years, uh, st- stories uh, that are very entertaining, to say the least. I would love to try to put it all <laughs> together somewhere one day, because, you know, I think I've had the opportunity to, you know, meet a lot of people through the last few years who, when they kind of start to talk to me and get some stories out of me, they're like, oh my God, like you should write a book. And I'm like, Oh, God, you know, that's actually a pretty interesting idea. So <laughs> it's yes. uh, like, t- ten, 10, over 10 years of, I want to of have stories of, of uh, you know, being in, you know, places and spaces with people that trust you and, and like, really, like, give you like, their, their stories. So like, people do open up and tell you things. And, you know, obviously, I would never write anything that would upset anyone because I'm too nice but I think that there are a lot of really interesting stories out there. We always we see different broadcasters write stories over the years and it's because you know this industry does have a very interesting background in terms of who you're meeting, how you're meeting everyone that's um, in the circles you know so I don't I don't know if that answered a lot of your question.
0: <laughs> No, totally. I love it. And that's, that's such a great idea. Yeah, (laughs) something to just start chipping away at. Don't put any pressure on it. But that is it is so amazing.
1: You have to promise you'll buy the book. You'll be the first one.
0: Oh, my stop. I'm getting an (laughs) autograph. No, for real. I feel like I can't get enough. Like, I mean, obviously, there's just so much uh, general interest in people, with fame where people were interested in celebrities or athletes or obviously these are people uh, we as a society is overly interested in their life so having an abundance of stories yeah I think politicians too let's not forget they're some of the most interesting people so (laughs) true oh so true does anything and it's okay if not does anything stick out for you or what was a um one of your most memorable interactions or interviews or moments with somebody, someone you were super nervous to talk to or any interesting fun stories you'd be willing to share on that note? You mean like as a precursor to my book release? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, as a teaser. Um,
1: I think that I, you know, when I was younger, um, one of my favorites, um, was, uh, meeting and, and doing a, a couple of stories with Justin Trudeau before he was prime minister. Wow. Um, uh, you know, it was, a, it, you know, as a young writer at the time, it was it was very encouraging to have someone like him who, very open, um, very chatty, it made it super easy to talk to. And I remember, like, at the time thinking, you know, if I can... You know, interview him. I can interview anyone because you know he yes. wasn't prime minister yet, yeah, but he was still a Trudeau, Pierre, Pierre Trudeau's son, and and he was an MP at the time in, in Quebec. So I think that that one really helped me getting a lot of confidence uh, following that to, to really be able to interview any anyone and everyone. And yeah, it's just been it's been kind of a wild ride since then.
0: That's amazing. Yes, <laughs> I love that. It's So cool. Yeah, a first monumental, um, interview, especially it going super well. That's very, uh, a lot of confidence to go forward. You're right. If you can, if you can do that in your early days, then you've got a bright future ahead of you. I love it. Um, Mm -hmm. and okay. I know I, um, we've had such a great conversation. I won't steal you for much longer on, um, an unwork related note. We talked uh, briefly about you're perfect your day off. You go for spin, go for brunch. I can definitely relate. What do you love to do in your time off aside from those things? Or what does your, your life look like on just a leisurely day, perfect day?
1: Um, so I love the fact that we can travel again. I was just in Vancouver for a couple of days um, last week. And I love the idea that I will be able to travel again, I'm hoping. Travel was a huge part of my life Uh, for 10 years straight. I spent my birthdays in different cities uh, around the world. And I really feel super fortunate that I've been able to do something like that and would love to try to continue that. But besides that, on the day-to-day here, uh, definitely spin. And that funny story about spin is I hated it the first time I tried it. Yeah. And then (laughs) my good friend who I actually met through PR. She was working in the hotel and uh, in travel industry here. And I met her and she was also a spin instructor or becoming a spin instructor. So she encouraged me to really try to go back to spin and actually put me on all of her friends and family classes um, by force. So it was great because it really allowed me to experience it more than the one time that I hated it. Yeah, And I ended up loving it. And I ended up Loving it too much, where I was spinning every single day. Oh my god! And I think like four months. Yeah, then I had to like injure myself four months later to slow down. So I still love spin. I love that I live downtown Toronto, um, super close to the spin studios. But also, like you said, I love brunch. So super close to the brunch spots. I love like you know just seeing friends. And one of the things like I like to do on the day to day is because we couldn't travel for so long, um, I really was like excited to sort of re-experience all of the spaces in the city and around our local neighborhoods. So, you know, we did a thing where in the fall, we were going to like new restaurants every week that we haven't been to. And it was like, you know, we would do something on a Monday or a Wednesday on days that people usually wouldn't go out because I really also truly believe that every day is a weekend if we wanted it to be um, in terms of like being able to enjoy the mornings. I do freelance work for um, some uh, companies. And so I'll be up at like six or like up late. So I'm not, um, I was, you know, I'm not a morning person or a night person. I'm a both person. Um, I can stay up super late. I can wake up super early. And I just always kind of Really try to use like the time in the day to do things that you know I want to do, and like I said, like even whether it's doing spend super early or you know going to dinner super late because it was the only reservation we could get, <laughs> it's it's all part of the fun. So uh, I think it's again really important. I do constantly kind of push for a, a balance, not just for myself but for any of the teams I work with. Uh, we've always put you know. I've always tried to put mental health forward um, in terms of uh, teams and, and you know, that doesn't just stop in the boundaries of your nine to five. It is everything that you do before and everything that you do after. And I remember because when I, when I would do like early morning spin, my energy is just like, way too high for some people, um, which is totally fine. But I think that, again, that was just my way of sort of keeping balance. And I do hope that if anything, it inspires anyone on my team or anyone that I mentor to do the same. And I think there's all that whole movement about like waking up early and really taking charge of your day. And I think I do really believe that's true.
0: Yes, that girl, that girl content. Um, (laughs) I'm here for it. Yes, I'm, I'm so with you on just taking advantage of the weekdays. And I've seen so much content out there. Um, from creators as well of just don't leave all the fun things you want to do for the weekend because, yeah, that just puts you in such a negative state for your day-to-day or just being able to to take a weekday beyond your nine-to-five is huge. There's so much possibility. There's hours left in your day. It doesn't have to be over when uh, when you close your laptop. So I love that. That's definitely uh, something I relate to as well. Before we wrap up, was there anything else that you wanted to to um, provide us with or anything you wanted to touch on? Oh, I, you know, it's funny. I ask that
1: question all the time like, if I talk to people in interviews. And then I didn't think about it for myself today, apparently. Um, oh, no, I that's think... fine. <laughs> uh, no, I think that, you know, I, like I said, I, I could not have really – been where I am today without every person, every leader in my life, uh, every previous manager, it they everybody that I've met, that had taken chances on me and given me opportunities. Because again, like I know, personally, that I didn't necessarily go the traditional route of getting a master's or or anything like that. But I still was able to sort of be and build something and prove that I can do it, you know, without the traditional standards. So I'm super, you know, I'm very grateful, eternally grateful, really, to uh, everybody who's um, helped me along the way. I think that this is, I mean, we're we're in the field of communications and it's just like the word, It's, it's about communicating. And I've been very fortunate to have people that I agreed to talk to and people that agreed to talk to me all through the years and, and really helped me get to where I am today. So, and yeah, like I've worked with several teams and, you know, watching teams grow has also been such a huge inspiration to my day. So I love doing that and I will continue to uh, as much as I can.
0: That's amazing. Well, if I may say so myself in our short time, you are surely a fantastic leader and your success is so well-deserved. I really, really appreciated this conversation and you giving this time to me today. Um, Genuinely, thank you so much for being so open and personable and having this conversation with me and everyone listening. So Yasmin, thank you so, so much.
1: Thanks, Mackenzie. Don't worry. I won't forget about you when my book comes out.
0: (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) I'm going to connect with you, everyone. (laughs) Connect with Yasmin. She's huge on LinkedIn. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and the Podfather.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place.